Welcome to another episode of Breaking Through with Elena. That's me. And this is the podcast where we celebrate women in the entertainment industry and just tell their stories of how they broke through. Sometimes the conversations can be difficult and deal with some pretty heavy subjects. And we talk about something that's still pretty taboo here in country music, the lack of female representation. Well, I just want to take a second for all of the women who have shared their stories on this show so far. It's not easy, and I just like to remind people of that sometimes. This episode's guests will share some stories that are definitely not easy to share, and I'll tell you more about that in just a sec. But first, I always like to shout out a woman who is doing amazing things in the industry, and this week... Huge props going out to Kelly Clarkson. She just launched her brand new talk show and she is doing amazing. It's really cool to see such a great role model and advocate for women using their platform in different ways. She's of course got her music and she's on The Voice. So this is a lot on her plate and she's doing it so gracefully. If you haven't checked out her new show, make sure to set your DVR ASAP. All right, now on to this week's guest. While we're recording this here in Nashville, it is Americana Fest, and I wanted to bring someone in that has really been interesting to me from that world, which might seem like it's not that different from the world of country music, but let's be real, it is. Some of you might be familiar with Ruthie Collins from a few years back. She had this song in country music called Dear Dolly. It got a lot of attention and was played on CMT, but it turns out what was going on behind the scenes was not nearly as beautiful as what we were seeing on our TVs. Now Ruthie is an Americana artist and her story is pretty inspiring on how she got there. So let's get right into it. Here's Breaking Through with Ruthie Collins. Well, here we are. Welcome to the podcast, Ruthie Collins. Oh, hi. I am so thankful that you are here because this is a very busy week for you. It it's Americana Fest here in town and you have a lot on your plate. But, you know, I was thinking back when I was getting ready to have you in here and I was like, you know, over the years, like over the past maybe five, six years, I have run into you a handful of times, but we've never really had the opportunity to like chat. Right. It's been very much like, oh, radio, oh, artists, like, hey. And then a couple weeks ago at Whiskey Jam, because everything- we sighting right, of me at Whiskey Jam. Same, but it all came together <laughs> magically. It was. To be. Of it was. It and like everything happens at Whiskey Jam. Right. I mean, you're going to have a story if you go. It's so true. Yes. But uh, I got to actually talking with you and I had no idea how much change you had been through and what you're doing right now. And as soon as you started telling me, I was like, I want you to come in. I want you to tell your story because it's so great. And we're going to get to everything. Uh, you know, we'll do it all. <laughs> but I just want to get started kind of having people get to know you a little bit better. Some people uh, are introduced to a lot of artists on the mm -hmm. show. And so let's just kind of dig into your background. Where did you start with music? So I am sort of your cliche um, church singer start story. So my mom is a church organist piano teacher. She actually cheats it, teaches. Um, oh my gosh, Ruth. Um, <laughs> we have this thing in my friend group where anytime anybody does anything clumsy, we all go, Ruth. Ah! It's the only time that I ever refer to myself <laughs> as Ruth instead of Ruthie. So if you hear me do that, that's why. Got it. But um, So I started singing with her when I was three and oh. um, started playing piano and violin at three and just, but kind of grew up singing in church and just at little local events. And yeah. then went to college for it, um, majored in songwriting. Did you go to Belmont? I went to Berkeley, actually. Oh, to Berkeley. Yeah, um, Belmont is one of my favorite. Um, yeah, I'm going to tell you this story. Okay, perfect. I've been, wait <laughs> I've been literally waiting for this story. Let's so go. Let's dive in. We'll, we'll go right there. So <laughs> my favorite underdog story of all time, mm -hmm. right? Okay, so I'm 18. I fall in love with Belmont. Yeah. I come here with my mom and I audition and I feel like it went pretty well, you know? 
and I was not the singer that I am today by any means, but I was, mm-hmm. I was fine. You know, right. I was okay. And um, so I auditioned and I'm so excited. I loved Nashville. I just felt so connected here and I get home and I get the letter from Belmont in the mail and I didn't get it. Okay. So I got in it academically, which is even weirder because oh, I was not a great student, <laughs> but I did not get in as a singer. So you can imagine my mother who I'm just like her pride and joy right. baby was appalled. She's like, oh, she oh, was like Belmont. so mad at Belmont, right? Yeah. So I didn't even know this until I moved to Nashville. She actually called them and got like the vocal chair on the phone and was like, why didn't you accept my daughter? Which I cannot believe. That is she a mama bear yeah, oh right gosh, there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they told her, quote unquote, that I had no commercial appeal as a singer. Uh, so what? that's already just a great underdog story. But then you fast forward to 2011 mm-hmm. when I get my record deal. And who do I sign with? Curb Records. It's who is with? The Mike Curb <laughs> School of Music. <gasps> oh my I, gosh. I have nothing, nothing for love because like if that yeah. door had been open to me, I probably would have gone through it. And mm-hmm. I was absolutely supposed to go to Berkeley. Yeah. So that's why that happened. And I adore Belmont and I have so many great friends and obviously the Curb connection. Like, yeah. And so many people from Curb obviously yes, went to Belmont. Belmont. Yeah. yeah. Even my manager, you know, so it's right. like, it's all good. No hate there. But I just love this story because it's like, you never know why something you might get a no mm-hmm. that is devastating. And then a decade later go. Oh, that's just funny. You know, like See, it's just it about and it makes your story even better, yeah. actually. Yeah. So did you actually get to tell like Mike Curb or like yeah. anybody? And I told my CEO, I told Jim Ed Norman the story and he was like, please tell me you have that rejection letter. And I was like, who saves the rejection letters? It's like <laughs> saving a voicemail of your boyfriend breaking up with you. Like you delete that. Very true. But you got mama bear who will <laughs> tell know. everybody. Isn't that so precious? That is so sweet. So, anyway, I did not go to Belmont. So you I, really didn't have like an option but to be musical. Right. Right. I mean, I have three older sisters who didn't really follow that path. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of, yeah, her little her little musical baby. My father's a writer. So oh. I'm kind of a little clone of them, you know. Does he do writing like book writing, like novel writing? Yeah, he or he writes everything. So he, he teaches as well. He's a history teacher, but that's oh, wow. like his passion is writing. He really loves to write children's novels. He writes mystery books. Um, so I'm kind of their little clone, you know, I'm like a little song writer. Yeah, so. you're literally mm-hmm. the mix of them. Yeah. So then are your siblings a little jealous about that? <laughs> You know, growing up, I was very girly and very like motherly. I, you know, played with the babies a lot, like yeah. most little girls. I think that they all thought that I was going to be the normal one. And now they're all married and have kids. And I'm like the crazy aunt who comes home and just spoils them. And it's like, oh, you do music. That's so weird. You know, so like, those are of, the, right. I don't think they're jealous. They're kind of like, oh, that's cool. Do your nieces and nephews understand what you do for yes. a living? Yes, they do. The little ones are kind of just like, ah, eh, but. I actually have two older half sisters, mm-hmm. so their kids are fully grown. So it's fun because they'll come visit me, Aww. and Aww. yeah. But then yeah, my my um, youngest sister Leah, she's got two little little ones, a two year old and a four year old, and they just come to like church and see me sing, and they just stare at me. They just and then they listen to the, the record, and they're like, "Wait, this is." So they're starting to make the connection. Right. Between, like if I sing in person, one of the songs they know. So it's cute. so are your the ones that are fully grown? Are they twenty one yet? They, are. Oh, well, that's even better. One of them is. One of them is. And she's coming to visit me next weekend. Staying oh. in my house with me with her boyfriend. I cannot wait. Oh, lucky. She lives in Brooklyn. And I went up there in March and got to see her. And it was so weird, like going out for wine and oysters with your 
niece. I know. <laughs> I'm waiting for mine to turn 21. She so she fun. came here for her high school graduation mm-hmm. with two of her friends. And it was cool because like I got to be like the cool aunt that was yeah. like, yeah, let me show you Nashville. Let's, Let's do all the things. Yeah, yeah. And it was during CMA Fest. So like she got to do all the things. But I realized mm-hmm. when she came out, that was the first time I'd, I, I've had a million people come to visit me in Nashville, right? Since I moved yeah. here. Because everybody wants so to come fun. to Nashville. Mm-hmm. But she came out and I realized I had never had anyone under 21 come to visit me now was you can't like go anywhere what do we do you can't go anywhere i mean i gained 20 pounds that week because all we did everything. was eat yeah. yes but that oh my gosh me. there's very few things to do here in nashville well, and they won't young. let you in a lot of places if you're Mm-mm. not 21 no even experience. during the day yeah right yep. yeah oh man okay well anyway that's sorry sidetrack i just had all to good. reminisce about that because she's almost 21 mm-hmm. so i'm ready for it fun. uh okay so let's let's talk about you actually getting that record deal because yeah. when you first came to town I knew you as a country artist. Mm -hmm. Now, I've already kind of said in the little opening here that you are now an Americana artist, Mm -hmm. right? So I want to start with just country because just I want to kind of figure out how you ended up here right right now. Absolutely. Well, I can tell you it has been a journey. Um, So when I moved to town, you know, have you ever had an experience where someone else's truth just became your truth because you know, you don't know anything else. Mm -hmm. You move to Nashville, you're new to the industry, you're kind of green to everything. And one of my favorite moments coming up in this town is I got to have tea with um, Rodney Crowell. Wait, what? Yeah, it was a million years ago. I went to his house, he was so sweet and we had tea, it was so cute. Um, And he told me his story and his story went, I had commercial success first. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I was then for the rest of my life able to do what I wanted, write the songs I wanted, record the music I really wanted to record because of that commercial pop success I had. That made sense to me, you know? And I think that somewhere along the line, it was like, it became my truth. Mm -hmm. So obviously when you get a record deal, I was so lucky to get a record deal with Curb. I've been with them my whole career. They're amazing. They've been still with them now. Yes, Mm -hmm. love them dearly. Um, They, you know, of course it's it's a major label. They kind of just sort through all your music and the more commercial songs kind of feed their way to the top, you Mm -hmm. know, which I totally get. And I love country music. I've always listened to country music. So that was natural for me. But I do remember actually way back in the day, I had a manager that said, you know, you're going to have to pick. Uh, yeah. And I, I believe them, mm-hmm. you know? And I remember seeing videos of Taylor Swift at CMA Fest and connecting with the fans. And I really resonated with that because I'm a people person and I love people and I yeah. love meeting people and that touched me. And But I remember, you know, like seeing videos of Tom Petty and Patty Griffin and some of these people that were more singer songwriters um, in that more Americana vein, mm-hmm. that I connected to that so much too. But I grew up listening to pop radio. So most of the time when I write, it sometimes does come out really pop, right. you know? So it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, so I put out a couple more commercial things with them and we had uh, half a single at Country Radio, I like mm-hmm. to say. Um, half a single, half a single. <laughs> explain we, that. Um, well, we put it out on a sister label that didn't survive yeah <laughs> so oh right the right label, the side label shut down mm-hmm. and then i went back on curb so yeah. that's why I which is something that happens oh. often i we, we were talking with maddie friend. and tay yeah. and they're like oh, that was with them right now yeah so oh you like, are yeah, yes. we're on an army tour together oh yeah. awesome so you know like that whole story about uh-huh. and it and it was insane to see and especially like you know people like you people like them we and i bring this up a lot on the podcast but like you know you see we a lot of times our society right now focuses on like numbers on instagram let's say you know and you see like those great numbers and you think oh they can't 
possibly be going through anything right. because, you know, they've got perfect. right. Their life is perfect. And look at all their pictures and look at all the everything. But man, you still go through life no matter how many oh, followers you have, absolutely. no matter whatever. And yeah. I always love to stress that on here because oh it's gosh. so everyone has their trials. It, they really do. Yeah, we all do. So, yeah, I mean, anybody like Ruthie Collins, Maddie and Tay, they can put out a single and yeah. something go completely wrong. Yeah. 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 So that's what happened with that. And um, so then I was kind of just sitting around for a while. Yeah. And what is that like as an artist to like have so much high and then kind of be like, oh, wait, what do I do? Yeah. Um, Well, what did I do? I drank a lot of Bud Light. Yeah, (laughs) sounds right. Um, I wrote a lot of songs. Yeah. And I went through life. I had relationships that um, were all consuming during that time that I got really lost in. And so I just kept writing songs. And Mm -hmm. then I said to my label, what am I supposed to be doing? Because they were like, we're going to release a single. We're going to release a single. And man, I get it. I'm not sure if I was a record label that I would be excited about putting my dollars into releasing females at country radio right now, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So they were like, well, you should be writing and recording. And I was like, okay. So during this process, I let another story become my story. Another false story. And that was the story that women are not being played on country radio. Yeah. And I went from a pretty happy person to a pretty bitter person. Mm-hmm. And I let that become my why. Yeah. Why my life isn't great. Why it's not working for me. Why my music isn't getting played. Why my relationships aren't working. Why I'm not happy. It mm-hmm. was all just the injustice of women at country radio. Right. And I mean, I always felt like I even had to preface that with, okay, there's a lot of worse things to be in life than a female country singer. Let me say that, you know, Mm. but still that was my story. Like so many of us. And I just dug in deep Yeah, and I was really sad about it. And it's easy to do Mm -hmm. that. It's Mm -hmm. easy to fall into false narratives and to just like, let that be your truth. Well, and it's kind of hard. Um, What I've learned is anytime there's like a war on something, war on drugs, Mm -hmm. war on injustice at country radio, whatever it is, you're adding more anger and more fear to that story. Mm -hmm. And I believe that, that means you're gonna get more of that. Right. You know? Because what we focus on, we get more of. Yeah. So I got more bitterness. I yep. got more anger. I got more sadness out of that narrative. Mm-hmm. And so last year, almost two years ago, about a year and a half ago, I woke up New Year's and I just had enough of that story. Wow. Was, it was like an epiphany moment. I just needed to do something that was not sad and bitter. And yeah. I'm like the queen of the sad songs, but like I don't wanna live my sad songs. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't wanna. I wanted more, you yeah. know, and I needed something tangible that I could put the work in and see that I had done. And so that sort of started this spiritual journey for me. And what I decided was I was just going to find one thing to be just radically grateful for. Yeah. And I was going to focus all the energy that I had been focusing on how unfair it was that women weren't being played. And I was going to focus it on that one thing. So I decided that my one thing was that I have a publishing deal. Yes. And who wouldn't die for publishing deal, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there are millions of people in this world that would be like, you get to do music for a living. Yeah. You get paid to write songs. When I really sat down and thought about it, I was like, what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. My life is amazing. Yeah. You know, and it's funny when you turn to gratitude, all of a sudden I found so much more to be grateful for and got more things to be grateful for. Yeah. So I focused on that. I have a publishing deal that pays my house payment. Yeah. Oh my God. A dream, and isn't that what wild too? I think a lot of people from the outside that maybe just see like the mm-hmm. artist portion yeah. of of Nashville, yeah. you know, there are so many people that move here to be songwriters, yes. like to I actually do that. That thing. would 
kill they for that kill position. They would kill to be me crying on my couch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And you just lose sight of that because yes, we all have our issues and we're all working mm-hmm. through our own story. So as soon as I did that, man, everything started changing for me. Really? Everything. And when was this? Was this that- was a year and a half ago. Okay, so not this past New Year's, no, but one the before. one before, okay. So I really started reading all these books and diving into all this gratitude practice and- Were you a reader thinking. before? Yeah, I've always been an okay. avid reader, yeah. but it was, it was less self-help and more like, you know, romance, right. historical dramas <laughs> yeah. or whatever it is. Um, so I, I really started digging deep into that, started meditating, doing a lot of prayer work, writing, journaling, mm-hmm. affirmations, positive thinking, law of attraction, all of it, yeah. super woo. Like yeah. I'm so woo woo now. My <laughs> friends are like, oh, this is our white witchy friend, Ruthie right. Collins. And I'm just like, what prayer can I do for you? But it's, it's so great, but it's really just transformed my life. Yeah. And so that one thing to be thankful for, all of a sudden Curb was like, oh, um, would you like uh, us to pay for the social media company for you? You know, all of a sudden they, I wasn't, I didn't feel so alone, you know? Right. I started getting these little things, bigger jobs, bigger shows, bigger opportunities started coming to me. And it was all because I decided to be happy and grateful where I was. Yeah. And that's the thing about it. You can't wait for, to achieve the thing mm-hmm. that you want to have the life you want. You oh. have to have the life today. And that's really hard. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to find a way to be acting like you already have what you want when you just want what you want so desperately and you're just clinging onto this dream. Well, yeah, you have. and it's scary to do too yeah. because it's much easier to blame something else. Oh, God, it yeah. is so much easier yes. to fall into a hole it's and be like- easy to take responsibility. It isn't, it. no. But once you do, there's so much freedom in that. So I feel like you having that whole moment and that realization and that clarity mm-hmm is probably what even helped you more with your label, right? Because like a label wants to see a vision, right? They wanna see somebody that knows who they are, that like is ready, that knows the direction. So I'll flash forward you nine months later because it got a little sticky for a second. Oh, okay, let's go. So I decided in all of this that what I learned was if I wasn't truly aligned with who I was, Mm. who I am, I was never gonna have any success. Yeah. And I fully believe that. So. I stopped being so scared. And in the midst of that, I also went through some really intense things in my life where I just couldn't sing the songs that I had been singing mm-hmm. and write the songs I had been writing anymore. It, it wasn't resonating with me. Right. My life had become much deeper and more profound and heart-wrenching. And I wanted to sing that. I wanted mm-hmm. to sing the realness. So I decided I was just gonna do it. And I wasn't gonna be scared because what's the worst that could happen? My music wasn't being played or released already. Mm-hmm. Can't get any worse. Might as well just be myself, right? Right. So I decided, you know, since Curb was like, well, you should be recording and writing music, that I was just going to go do that. Yeah. I wasn't going to ask permission. And it might blow up in my face, but at least I tried, you mm-hmm. know? So I went and I um, got my guitar player and we had a long chat. And I was like, why have I been so scared to sing the songs I really want to sing and write the music I really want to write? I'm not gonna do that anymore because it's never gonna work from fear, ever. Nothing's gonna work from fear. Mm -hmm. So I just went, okay, let's do it. And we picked 11 songs and I did not ask my label. And um, (laughs) it's a bit of a, scariest thing I've ever done. Yeah. And so we just went in the studio and cut 11 songs in three days. Wow. Literally halfway through the week, my CEO was like, what are you doing? Oh. What did you say? I said, well, and it's like the words just came to me. Yeah, They were not my own. God had a moment with me. Thank you. Thank you for that. 
And I just started talking. These words started coming out and I heard myself saying, remember four years ago when you said you needed this, that's why I'm doing this. Remember when the marketing guy said, we need critical acclaim. That's why I'm doing this. This song is because this and this. And there was just like, it all came. And he said, at the end of the conversation, well, because he started the conversation, he said, you know, people have been dropped for this before. Mm. But it was like, you know what? If that happens, mm-hmm. it happens. And you were already there mentally. Yeah. Like yeah. you were, you had made peace yeah. with whatever was yes. going to happen. Yeah. Just sing the songs. Yeah. You know, because we got to do it for the joy. If we don't yeah. do it for joy, Go home, mm-hmm. find something else to be joyful about. You yep. know? So by the end of the conversation, he said, okay, I see why you're doing this. Let's talk about the songs. But still, he said, but you know, we don't know what to do with this. Mm-hmm. And I said, right, because they're not used yeah. to uh-huh. Americana, said, really, that world. Said, yeah. do anything with it. Right. right on Spotify, put it on iTunes, yeah. figure out the rest. He was like, probably just rolled his eyes, but he was like, all right, Ruthie. So then, and we're going to get super woo-woo now. Yeah. Then here I am with this record that I adore, that I love, that I put my heart and soul into, that no one knows what to do with, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to manifest a team of people to <laughs> work this record somewhere. <laughs> I have no idea how this is gonna work. So I actually was um, at this, I was at this holistic expo supporting one of my friends who works at one of those like mm-hmm. fancy crystal stores. Oh with all yeah. Those crystals, right? And her boss was there and he said, oh, Amanda told me you're going to the beach. Um, cause I just booked this like self-love beach trip for myself. Yeah, you did all by myself. Hell yeah, I did. <laughs> and I was just going to go by myself, like with the intent of trying to like positively think these people into existence. Right. I mean, I don't know what I'm doing, but I love it. I working so far. Love yeah. it. You <laughs> remind me so much of my mom. Oh, like really? she's probably listening to this right oh now. Gosh. Like she my is mom. all about the universe yes. and like, it's like so you real. have it come to you. And I honestly have experienced yes. that so many times. If yes, I sit back, beautiful thing. Yeah. And just like, let, let it happen yeah, and so beautiful. put it into the universe. Mm-hmm. Like it's worked. It it yeah, it's, it's just science. Actually. Yeah, it's <laughs> there we go. So, so I was like, no, I'm going to, he's like, are you going to the beach to write? And I was like, mm-hmm. well, I can tell this crazy guy what I'm doing. He's not going to think I'm wacko. <laughs> right. And I was like, well, actually I'm going to the beach to manifest a new team because <laughs> no one knows what to do with my record. Right. And he was like, you're doing it wrong. Oh. And I was like, well, tell me a wise one. How yes. Doing it? And he was like, you're asking, and this is so great. I just love the way he phrased this. He said, you're asking for validation. You should be asking for support. Man, Ooh. does that work across all Ooh, I just got lines of life, right? though. Yeah, yeah. He said, you need to <laughs> meditate to the people of the world who need the service of your music because there are people out there who are going to be moved and touched by this message, yeah. this record. And let me tell you, when I was singing fun little ditties about middle school love, I would have mm-hmm. gone, eh. Right. But there's some really hard, deep stuff that I worked through on this record. And a lot of, there's a the storylines of addiction through the whole thing and mm-hmm. perseverance and hope through that. Like, I was like, man, I, I guess I could kind of see that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you need to meditate to the people of the world who need the service of your music music, and ask them to bring you the people. And then in gratitude to them bringing these people into your life, you give them your music as a thank you. Wow. I was like, dang, well, I will always, always work harder if I think that what I'm doing is a service to others, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's just easier to mm-hmm. do that because it doesn't feel so selfish. So yeah. I was like, I mean, whatever, I'll try this weird stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so I literally go to the beach. I had a very, are you there, God, it's me, Margaret moment. I'm the city on the beach. And I was like, <laughs> hey, people of the world. It's, it's Ruthie. Yeah. <laughs> What's up? Um, and, um, but, you know, I just was like, if, you know, if you, if you need this music, if I can help you with this music, I would love to give it to you. I need some help. Yeah. You know, I need some help. I don't have anybody who knows how to get this out there. Yeah. Um, so if you can help me with that, 
I would love you forever. Thanks. Uh-huh. You know, signed XXO okay, gossip girl. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, how do we even do this? <laughs> Literally within 20 minutes, I look at my phone and I have a notification saying that Prez Hilton shared one of my songs with 800,000 followers. Shut up. And I was like, what is happening? What? Yeah. I get a phone call from my then marketing guy and he's like, I don't know how he found your song, but he's obsessed with this song, Get Drunk and Cry, and he wants you to come to LA. We're building a whole press trip around it. He wants to do a pri- one of the private shows. I was like, all right, well, this works. I'm going to keep yeah. meditating to the people in the Hello world. again. Hello, it's, it's me. me yeah. <laughs> Want to get coffee later? What are you, what are you guys doing around eight? Happy hour is cool. I'm, I'm free. Um, so we did this whole, you know, and it was really interesting because then Curb just happened to go through a change. You know, they yeah. acquired Word. People got shuffled around and all of a sudden they had a new marketing guy. Mm-hmm. And then it was really interesting. My booking agency, they bought an Americana boutique booking agency. And now all of a sudden they have this division. And then I didn't have a manager at the time. And I met this person, Erin um, Anderson with Olivia Management. And she, I just knew that I had to hire her as soon as I met her. And yeah. I was like, well, I can't buy the first wedding dress I try on. And I tried to take other meetings <laughs> and I just kept coming back to it. And I was like, wait a minute, the people of the world brought me her. Like, right, what, right. If, I, if I say no to this, I'm going against my intuition, which I have been you know, really working on building. So mm-hmm. she's been amazing. It's just like all of a sudden, this team found me a new A&R guy. All these <gasps> things, new radio rep, who is like, that's what she's all, always done. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is wild. That's insane. It is wild. Yeah, and there's really no explanation for like how that all came together. There's only one, yeah. And the thing is so wild is I stopped working so hard. Yeah. It's just what you were saying. Yep. And I tried to let go of the thing I so desperately wanted, which is music. And Mm -hmm. that is, I've had so many chats with my girlfriends about this where it's like, honey, you gotta let it go. And you're like, I could never let go. And that's what I would have told you two years ago. I could never let go of music. It is the great love of my life. I can't let go of this. I've been working so hard. I've been working so hard. I've been working so hard. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, you're putting out desperate energy yeah and until you can release that and let me just tell you this really works in dating as well (laughs) until you can release that desperate energy yeah that's the way you're coming off and Mm -hmm. once you realize that like hey I'm not gonna die Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna die if I don't get this thing and if I don't get this thing that I so desperately want I'm gonna get its equivalent or something better Mm-hmm. And everything can be reevaluated and like, you know, goals can be reevaluated, like everything can be reevaluated. And sometimes the world or the universe or God or whatever has something so much better for you. Oh, yeah. But you're holding on to this one thing so tightly. So you got to let it happen. Yeah, you just got to let it go. So as soon as I did now, all of a sudden, Curb is so excited to have an Americana artist. Yes, know? they and are. And that's the thing. It's like there's all these labels and I, you know, it, it might be interesting trying to navigate this new genre. But mm-hmm. um, I remember... chatting with someone from the Grammy board in LA and they were just like, you know what? Don't worry about what it is. Don't worry about what the music is. Make the music. We're going to decide what room it goes in anyway. Yeah. Uh, Is it country? Is it Americana? Is it new age? (laughs) Yeah, it's not to worry. (laughs) I don't care. You know what I mean? Like these, these songs are my truth. This is what I've been through. Yeah. I'm excited to share it with the world. Y'all can decide where mm-hmm. it goes. You know? Well, is that frustrating, especially at the point that you're at right now, to even think that genres exist? Like, why not just like go and let whatever comes out come out? But that that's kind of Americana, though. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a lot more, yeah. I, at least how I see it. Yeah. And I'm just kind of learning more about that world right yeah. now because my boyfriend is very into yeah. Americana. Yeah. So he's introduced me to a lot. And one thing that I've noticed is it, it is a little bit more free. 
I think. Totally. In the way that like people are just making music. And sometimes it does sound like country. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it doesn't really. Sometimes it maybe even sounds more like you too. Like it's, yeah. I I remember talking to a friend who also was on the Grammy board and he said it broke his heart when he had to walk the Willie Nelson record down the hall to the Americana room from the country room. So this is the thing. So many people are now turning to Americana because country has sort of evolved into a much smaller thing, Mm -hmm. right? So it's, it's really concise and the sounds are all pretty similar. So if people are looking for a more old school country, if that's what they grew up with, they're now gravitating towards Americana. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. Yeah. You know? Well, how is the world treating you so far in so Americana? Far, so far so great. What's different about it from the country world? Or can you even begin to <laughs> to explain? Well, let's see. I wear a lot less makeup. There you go. Isn't that nice? Uh-huh. Isn't that nice? Oh, yeah. I don't feel like I have to be a Barbie doll, but yeah. I can be if I want to be. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like those things are really nice. I, I'm not so concerned with being a size 26 anymore. Right. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe those are just things that I put on country, though. Maybe that's right. not even fair. Mm-hmm. Um, to say, but that's because no one ever told me that. My record label has never said to me, you need to be this size. You need to look. Okay, they have told. We have had many chats about my bangs. Right, <laughs> I'll say that. I cannot even tell you how are they many a point of contention. They and- are. <laughs> Why? Oh my gosh, I've had so many conversations about my bangs for so many years. Where I was like, can we please just talk about my music? Who gives a flying, you know what, about my bangs? I actually really love your bangs, Thank you. I mean, I get more comments about my bangs than anything. (laughs) It's so fun. But I mean, it was literally like there was this one rumor that that they would like not release a song if I didn't grow out my bangs. And I was like, okay, well, first of all, I have a video shoot for this song tomorrow. And bangs don't grow overnight, guys. Yeah. You know, but then it was like, it wasn't even true. It was so weird. My freaking bangs. Bizarre. (laughs) Who cares? Um, It needs its own Instagram account. Literally, everything on bangs. Um, so my bangs forced me into Americana. It's the, right. story. <laughs> it's the real story. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, I think just being able to sing more openly, yeah, more acceptingly, um, I can tell my story as it is, mm-hmm. and I don't have to sugarcoat it. Well, know? let's talk about your story yeah. uh, because you t- you've said you've mentioned that on the these eleven tracks, mm-hmm. it was your truth, and mm-hmm. it dealt with some really really mm-hmm. deep things. Is this all the stuff that you dealt with when you were going through the changes at Curb and when you couldn't really find yourself in country music? Yeah. Talk a little bit about yeah. that because I, I know there are a lot of people yeah. that str- have a lot they're struggling yes. with right now. Yes. And I mentioned this to you at the bar and I am um, very forthcoming about my story. And mm-hmm. um, I always say, um, if you come to Ruthie Collins' show, you will leave knowing everything about me yeah. because that's just who I am. And I can't not be anything mm-hmm. else. And my best friends are like, oh my God, you will literally say anything on a microphone. I'm like, well, I just want to talk. Yeah. And I want, and like, it's important to me that people feel like they have a safe space to tell me whatever they want. And mm-hmm. I'm the same way. It's like you, like I am the kind of person who people tell me their life stories within 30 seconds of right. me and I might do the same. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's just, that's just who I am. Mm-hmm. But um, I told you in the bar, probably after a few tequilas yes. <laughs> that I just couldn't, Basically, I think what I what I said to you, and, and I owe this to my best friend when she was like, when I was like, how am I going to talk about this change mm-hmm. in music, in genres? How am I even going to talk about this? And she's like, I don't know if I can cuss on here, but you can. Yeah, you can. You can. Go for it. Cool. But um, I was like, what am I even going to say? And she's like, I don't know. Why don't you just say my boyfriend OD'd and shit got real and I couldn't sing that anymore, mm-hmm. you know? And he survived, thank God. Yeah. He's fine. So we'll put that out there. Mm-hmm. But like, you just can't go back to singing about- That changes you. I want to drink some beer on Friday night. Yep. And sometimes I do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I want to sing that lighthearted stuff. But 
more I want to sing the real shit, you know? And I just couldn't do that anymore. And I just needed to, I wanted to share the, the songs and the stories that came out of that time. Cause mm-hmm. that time was hard yep. and dark, mm-hmm. but I would not be here. Exactly. Without, you know, well, and he the, wouldn't be either. Yeah. And there are so many people, uh, you know, that's what music's about. It's yeah. really about connecting yeah, with human beings. It's always been about is love and loss. Exactly. And you so know? to share those stories and to have that vulnerability, I think is so important yeah. as an artist and really kind of a responsibility as an artist. I agree. Yeah. Cause if you're going to go into that world, you got to open up. Yeah. You got, I mean, and yeah, you're right. There are still going to be the people that, you know, fill that yes, space and, that's and that yeah. like pop country is wonderful. It serves it serves people. Yeah. It serves a group of people. But I don't want to force feed my music to those people who don't want my music. Mm-hmm. What are we doing? We're banging yeah. our head up against the wall. And that's honestly, that was another thing that I said. And I, I grew up listening to country radio. I'm excited for the impending better and better and better and better time that women are going to have at country radio. Yeah. I know it's changing. And that's my whole thing where it's like, I don't even want to talk about it. And like, of course you have to talk about the injustices, but mm-hmm. it's like, I have a hard time because I'm like, am I feeding more negativity to the issue? I'm not going to do that anymore. You mm-hmm. know, so I will say that I'm excited for the impending yeah. advancement of women at country radio. And, and there I'm is visualize it as yeah. better and better and better for those women every day. But yeah. I was done spending my career years. Yeah. Just trying to walk into a door of someone that didn't want me to walk in anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was, I mean, it's just, it just was too late. It's literally just like having an abusive boyfriend. <laughs> I mean, not, yeah. it's not that bad. Don't get me wrong, but. You know yeah. what? But no, but you're not. You're Get not wrong. It. He doesn't want you. Yeah, like, yeah. Release him. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Like, no, you. It's really hard, but it's just true. Like, stop. But that I, I do want to find out like what you have been told through the years because mm-hmm. if we're talking about a positive way to like yeah. bring something to this yeah. message, I like to really open up people's eyes mm-hmm. so you know we can't shy away from the problem. From it. It's a real thing. It is. Yes. It is our current or it has been our past reality. Uh huh. And to make sure that even people, because we have a lot of industry people that mm-hmm. listen to this. Yeah. Even men and a lot of men in the industry have come up to me and told me, you know, I've heard some of the women on your podcast say these things that I feel like I've said to people. And, you know, I I'm so hyper aware of that now. He's like, I don't want to be that person, you know. So what what have you have? Is there any moment that stands out to you about what you've been told when you were in the world of country music that you just couldn't even believe was coming out of somebody's mouth? I mean, I've had some pretty raunchy behavior. It was more, I can't believe you're touching me in that way. Yeah, um, and that like, happens a lot. Please not stand so close to me. And you don't know what to do. And I mean, I've literally had, and you, I've had my label call me the next day and be like, I heard that this happened to you. I'm really sorry. I just want you to know if you ever need to like kick a dude and whatever, we have your back. And mm-hmm. just know that you are able to say whatever you need to say and we will back you. And that made me feel a lot better. Yeah. But in the moments you're like, no one's, everyone's just watching this happen. Am I literally going to have to like cuss out like a giant radio guy in mm-hmm. front of a room full of people? And everyone's like, you know what I mean? And in my, um, one of my best friend's husbands was standing right there and he couldn't do anything because right. his wife is in country too. Everybody's so freaking scared. That is the messed up, up it's so part messed up. about that. And like when people go, when women go on radio tour mm-hmm. and they're really kind of, and, and I really, I honestly believe that a lot I would I shouldn't I should be 
careful with this, sure, but I, I do believe that the awareness of all of this is starting to slowly change the yeah. situations out there. I talked to newer artists and who I know might be scared to say something. So who knows? Maybe they are experiencing it. But I talked to some of the newer artists that are going out and they're like, I, you know, I really honestly haven't had problems with like male PDs and stuff. True. I hope it is. And I hope the awareness mm -hmm. is what's helping yeah. to do that. You gotta be. But, I mean, my God, it's 2019. If you haven't figured out how to be a decent human by now, mm -hmm. dear Lord. Yeah. But I mean, one of the most toxic things that happens, and there was, a, I think, a Rolling Stone article about this maybe last year or the year mm -hmm. before, but country radio seminar here in town can be very, very toxic because oh it's all of these people in power. Did I tell you you could kiss me on the lips? How about right. that? Did, mm -hmm. I, did I give you permission to say goodbye and kiss me on the lips? Uh-huh. No, I did not. Ruthie, that has happened to me too. What in God's and name? Yes. I mean, I'll kiss you on the lips. Wait, same. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is not okay. Yeah, so like these unwelcomed advances, yes, these unwelcome, it, it's ridiculous. Yeah. If you're listening, again, please be hyper aware of it yeah. because maybe you're just thinking that you're fine with it. But, but remember, like you're in these situations there's where, so much alcohol too. Yes, there's really, so much alcohol. It hard. And it's people that need to be nice to each other and need to, you know, impress mm -hmm. certain people. So it can be very toxic. It can also be very helpful. But it, yes. it you I know, there's- a great thing that I learned about this situation. Oh, what? I think could be so helpful for this. I heard this on a podcast a couple years ago. And it was this woman who started, I mean, I think she does like seminars for women in business. And okay. It's all about mm -hmm. body language and the differences in men and women and how we respond to each other in different situations. Yes. And I just found this wildly liberating. So she said that a lot of times women, we get ourselves in trouble. I don't know how to phrase that. I hope that's not insulting. Um, basically like what she was saying is that sometimes some women are natural reaction in these situations is to freeze up. Mm -hmm. And that's because as women, most women turn inward when something happens and we go, what did I do to, what did I do to bring this on? Did I say something? Am I wearing something? Blah, blah, all bullshit, by the way. Mm -hmm. But that's just what we do. We turn inwards and we go, oh my gosh, how am I going to- What's wrong with gonna, me? What's, what's happening? What's yeah. happening? We go in. Men yeah. go out. That's just, that's just mm -hmm. how we are wired. So men, they, they put their body language out. They're thinking I out to you. So what you need to do is you need to just flip that really quick and it'll give you a minute to come up with a plan. So for instance, what she said was to just ask a question and phrase it in a way that's gonna make the man think outward, or I'm sorry, think inward, like a, like a woman would do. So oh. what she said was, let's say like, something's starting to feel weird, or maybe you're touching me a little too close, or you're, I'm, I'm worried that I'm gonna get myself in trouble here, or that I'm about to be in a situation I don't want. Yeah. She said, just ask a question. And her example was, could you understand that you might be making me a little uncomfortable right now? Mm -hmm. I'm just like, okay, I'm gonna tattoo that on my arm. Yeah. <laughs> just remember just to say that. And what that gives him a chance to do is go, can I, and he goes inward and then, and then he has to respond, can you understand how you might be? Not like, please stop or aggressive. Uh -huh. And he has to take that second to go inward. And that gives us a second to figure out how we are gonna get the mm, out of there. Right. So it's just like, cause so many women are so ashamed of the fact that we freeze. Mm -hmm. And you, like, and that's a scary situation. It's so scary, and, and you don't, don't know, know what to do. Yes, and then like, there's been times that, and then we're shamed because yes. we froze. And why didn't you? Why weren't you aggressive? Why weren't you? Well, yeah, and then when other women equation. say something like, "Well, I would never let something like yeah, that happen to me," it's like know, you weren't in the situation. So, and so, yeah, yeah, that that's really interesting. It's really interesting, and you know, I haven't had to use it yet. Yeah, thank um, God. <laughs> no, and mm -hmm. I do a lot of intending mm -hmm. and positive thinking before I put myself in those situations now. And yeah. um, that helps a lot too. But yeah. you know, just 
there's a way to do it. Um, you can just be like, hey, buddy, right. <laughs> you're a little too close, aren't you? And then uh -huh. back off and keep it light and keep it funny and make a joke until it's not a joke anymore. Then obviously be serious. But there are, there are ways I've learned, but that's probably the biggest thing. You know, and other mm -hmm. than that, I think the only other thing I, I've heard that I'm just makes me want to bang my head against the wall is that uh, women are don't get like the tours because mm -hmm. we're high maintenance on the road and it costs more for us to tour. Vomit. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> that's so oh, cute my. that I need my hair and makeup artist right. to go on the road with me. Who can afford that anymore? <laughs> I know. I mean, Nobody. <laughs> I'm abundant. I am abundant. I'm abundant. But I mean, literally, like you're not booking women for yeah. shows, these promoters, because we're like, I don't know who in the 90s gave off this, you know, thing that we are all these like glamour gods and right. that we need our whole crew and that it's so much more expensive. That is bullshit. Oh yeah. We will get out there. We will hustle. We will do the work. We drive our own vans overnight all the time. Mm -hmm. We're paying for the hotel rooms. We're paying for all of it. Like ourselves, these women are freaking bosses. Oh and yeah. There's no difference. And that just kills me. Or that women don't work as hard on the road. Oh, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Is it because there's only three of us? Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> really? So that's, uh -huh. probably, that's probably, you know, my two biggest ones. But yeah. like I said, I'm, I just, I don't, I don't focus on it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'm here for the cause if it needs me. Don't get me wrong. Right. Like huge feminist over here, raised mm -hmm. by one. But I'm, you know, I am visualizing country music as a wonderful Mecca for women. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. I'm putting my energy into there we go. The, the great success that it's going to be and the wonderful success story that it's going to be for women. Because I'm telling you what, I, and this is negative, but I worry <laughs> about the girls in high school and the girls yes. in middle school because we all the girls right now in my you know era in my like era of country singers in Nashville we all had amazing strong women to look up to who mm -hmm. made us want to do this for a living who made us want to use our you know gifts in this way yeah but these girls they have no one right now they don't see anyone they might just see a handful so who's going to tell them that they can do this that they can have this mm -hmm. what are we going to do in 15 years if no one's signing them now Yep. It's, it's, that's that. And that is why I'm like, just like, okay, positive. You got it. Yes. Energy towards, you know, that. And it's getting better every day, isn't it? It is. Change the conversation. Leslie Fram and mm -hmm. on the CMT have wonderful programs. And yeah, there are know. a lot of people making sure that 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 it doesn't stay mm -hmm. this way. And so, yeah, it's it's happening slowly but surely. So, you know, but we, we've got to keep yeah. keep trucking with that. Absolutely. But I mean, did you see what the uh, CMAs are doing this year? I did not. They are. Uh, so it's now. Carrie Underwood hosting with Dolly and Reba as yeah. like kind of co-hosts. And then throughout the entire night, they're going to be highlighting how women have paved the genre for country music and really made it what it is today. Amen. So that's huge. Huge. I mean, just huge. And, and, and really it's, it's exciting. It's really exciting. But I think that, everything that's going on is helping to do that, but also you're not wrong putting it out there and letting it just happen and, and putting it in the universe is important too. It is. I mean, like that's the war on drugs, the yeah. war on terrorism. It's all, it's, it's feeding negativity and fear mm -hmm. into that situation. And it's like, we have to find a way to not just get together and bitch, yeah. Yeah. you know, about mm -hmm. how hard it is for me. It's hard. Yeah. It's really hard, but it doesn't have to be. Mm -mm. It's like when you are speaking your truth and you are coming from a place of joy, I don't think that it ever doesn't work. Yeah. It might not be in the way that you think. It might not be in the way that you want, but it's always going to work in some way that's even better than you ever 
new. And thank God you're there right now. Like you've got that clarity. You figured it. So yeah. happy. But it's one of those things where you, I mean, literally, I, I've realized that it's so much cooler to be happier than it is to be cool. Oh yeah. You know, I'm just like, mm-hmm. I didn't even realize how many people in my life were just so concerned with being cool and being mm-hmm. liked. And you just fall into that. And it's like, no, I just want to be happy Yeah, because through my happiness, that's how I'm going to be able to serve better, mm-hmm. you know? But I, I'm not even kidding you. There are times where I like crying euphoric tears of happiness in my car, like <laughs> listening to the radio. And I'm just like, I'm just so happy. Like, Man, I should not be happy right now. I'm single. I'm going home alone. <laughs> Two years ago, I would have been like, oh, it's me. I'm going to go write a sad song and drink a bottle of wine. Right. And I'm like, I'm going to snuggle with my dog yes. in my house. It's cool. Like everything's great. Yeah. And like, that's, that's why things are starting to work for me is because I got happy first. I got, I found my joy without it. You can you choose know? to be happy. You really can. I mean, you can just, and like you said, one day you just decided to focus. I love that. You just decided to focus on like one thing to be incredibly great. Yes. Everything. It will, it will change. It will snowball into something mm-hmm. so big and beautiful. You can't even believe it. And you know, it's not like, I don't even know how to phrase this because old Ruth, let's put it that way. She would say it could all fall apart tomorrow. Right. But it's not going to because mm-hmm. I'm still going to be happy and joyful and life happens. Yeah. I don't mean to just be this like sunny Pollyanna thing, but like it is beautiful, mm-hmm. you know, and, and coming to the place where you're like, I think I'd be okay if this doesn't happen for me. Yeah. That's a really hard thing to say, but I'm, I'm okay right now. Yeah. I don't have everything that I've ever wanted, but I know it's on the way. Ruthie, I'm so glad that you're sharing this story. A big part, I'm so happy that you are where you are, but also it's just so important because there's so many people that are going through that shit right I, I now. I this so bad Yeah, and ago, need to and hear it. I'm just like, guys, yeah. you, gotta, you gotta do it for you. I run into people all the time at these events and I'm like, how are you doing? And in my mind, they're crushing it. You know, mm-hmm. they have everything. Right. Oh, I'm just so, I'm so scared to be happy about that because any day it could all, and I'm like, oh, don't say that. Don't yeah. say that, do not say that. No, just celebrate, celebrate. Yeah. My new thing is anything that my middle school self would be like, think is the coolest, I celebrate. Yeah. You know, because I remember I, I just botched my first music video because when it came out on CMT, first of all, I was upset about a boy. Uh, roof. Yeah. That's a roof. roof. Yeah. <laughs> Second of all, all I cared about was that he texted me that day, congratulations on your video. And he didn't oh, do it because he God. was in his shit. Oh. And I let it all. And then oh. I didn't even let myself be excited about it because you know why? Well, I have so many friends with music videos on CMT. I mm. shouldn't be. This isn't a big deal. And they've all got much bigger and better things going on. This really isn't that big deal. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh-huh. Sorry that if that peaked out and everyone had to turn <laughs> down there. That's actually one of my biggest pet peeves about podcasts is when it's not mastered. Right. So I'm really sorry if you all just. <laughs> I, think we'll, I think we'll work that out. <laughs> but it's. It's just madness. Yeah. You know, so I have this thing now called champagne and pancakes. And anytime I have something that my middle school self would think was really cool, I take myself out for champagne and pancakes. Cute. And sometimes I have to smuggle the little bottle into Cracker Barrel. <laughs> and then when they go in the kitchen, I like dump it in my orange juice. And I'm like, nothing to stay here. <laughs> right. Just getting drunk at Cracker Barrel. Um, but yeah. I'm saying that's the only bad thing about Cracker Barrel is there's, yes. Yeah, so well, now you know my tricks. So. Yeah, girl. Those mini bottles are cool. Um, but yeah, it just, freaking celebrate Mm -hmm. because what is celebration, right? What I've learned is it's a ceremony of gratitude. Yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So we're taught to be grateful, but then we're, it's like this humble thing. 
can't, we can't be talking about how good everything is. Well, then we talk about how bad everything is and then we get more bad. Right. Just because I'm so happy and everything's going well right now doesn't mean that like, I think I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. It just means that I want this for you. I want everyone to feel what happiness and fulfillment is like, because here's the thing. If I get a number one at country radio as a female singer and I'm not happy before I got it, I'm not going to be happy after it. You're so right. You know, so right. don't fill you with joy. Yeah. You have to fill yourself up from the inside. Nothing from the outside will ever fill you up. I don't care if it's a man mm-hmm. or a woman or a number one single or a Grammy. It's never going to happen. Yeah. Never. Well, do you have any books that you were really into at the time that you can recommend to people that yeah. might be listening and yeah. being like, I want to be what in this position? Yeah. Yes. So the, the thing that the book that really changed my life is called The Game of Life and How to Play It. It's by Florence Scovall Shin. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a really great gateway drug into the spiritual world because I was raised Christian. Mm-hmm. I love God. I love Jesus. Um, so this woo-woo stuff can sound a little crazy to me, you know, mm-hmm. and a little out there. So this was the perfect book for me to start because it was, you know, biblically based. Okay, I really yeah. liked that, you yeah. know, so, um, but she wrote it, I think in like 1918, but it's Whoa. still totally relevant. So I would start there for sure. Yeah. Um, anything by Abraham Hicks, mm. just YouTube, Abraham Hicks, and you will just get lit on fire with joy. <laughs> um, so those are probably my two big ones right now. Wayne Dyer is a really great writer, but like, um, oh gosh, Eckhart Tolle, anything Eckhart Tolle. Um, so much. Um, Oprah's Super Soul podcast is a really, yes. really great place to start oh, as well. Bring up my mom again. She loves oh, that of podcast. She does. <laughs> yes. uh-huh. um, but yeah, and I've got a blog, uh, thebookofruthie.com, and there's quite a few blogs on like positive thinking and gratitude yeah. and all those things. So you can check that out too. Do you feel like you would even know yourself 10 years ago? Not at all. Oh, oh my yeah. God. If you had told me I was going to be like a hippie meditator, I would have been like, ew, please no, put away the patchouli, which I don't use patchouli. Don't worry. That shit smells weird. But it I does. mean like, yeah, lavender, everything and yeah. incense and like, yeah, I mean, I played the basement a couple weeks ago mm. for um, my single release show and we were celebrating Joshua Tree, my first single off this record. Which is beautiful. Thank you so much. Uh. And it was wonderful. My label came and they decorated everything like, like it was like a pop-up desert. There's oh. a, a desert sunset backdrop and there were Joshua Tree cardboard cutouts Stop. and gluten products with my face on there. <laughs> it was really fun. But I mean, like, look at that. That would have never happened to me a couple yep. years ago, mm-hmm. you know? But anyway, we were celebrating and it was so cute because the the company that um, was was doing all the decorating, they had done a little show in the studio for me a couple weeks before. So I knew kind of what the vibe was going to be. Yeah. So I brought all my crystals mm-hmm. and I brought rose and jasmine incense and sage. And we just like saged the bejesus out of the basement. <laughs> and there was like rose and jasmine incense and crystals everywhere you looked. And everyone was I like, are we in Joshua Dream? Like, yes. Oh my God. That's so yeah, cool. Well, since we're here talking about that new music, tell me more. When, when are we expecting everything? everything and- yeah. So I'm not sure that I'm actually allowed to say that yet. Um, but uh, Joshua Tree came out two weeks ago. Yeah. Dang Dallas came out a week ago and then we'll be slowly releasing more music and then the record's coming very soon. So oh. full record, 11 songs. It's called Cold Comfort. Oh, beautiful. Um, yeah, I'm so excited. What is one, well, you you don't, you haven't released all of the titles or anything yeah, yet, no. but what are the, well, Joshua Tree, yeah. that's pretty obvious. I can tell you the story about that. Yeah, yeah, I, I want to hear that. So Joshua Tree, I wrote about um, Emmylou Harris and Graham Parsons. Oh. Originally. I'll yeah. About, you know, I'll give you all the dirt because I don't mm-hmm. hold back. So, I wrote, I had read this article that said that Emmy Lou, and I don't know if this is real because I read it on the internet, but okay. I'll put that out there. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm a huge Emmy Lou fan. And 
um, I had read this article that said that she was finally going to tell Graham that she was in love with him, but she didn't want to tell him over the phone and they were about to go back out on the road. So she was wanted to tell him face to face. Okay. Yeah. And then he died before they went back on the road to 1973 in Joshua Tree. So um, I was just like, that's the saddest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. I was in this like very sad, dark place and right. writing all, actually it wasn't anymore when I wrote the song, but you know, I'm still a huge sad song gal. Right. So I took this song on, I took it to my friend Luke Sheets. I just knew I wanted to write it with him. And we wrote the song and I had never been to Joshua Tree at that point, but we wrote the song. I took myself there last December after the Perez Hilton trip. I yeah. drove out to Joshua Tree by myself and just had an amazing 24 hours. And I was like, what is this place? It's so it's just as good as everybody. Yes. Yeah. It's so magical. Mm-hmm. So then here's where it really gets juicy. And I'll, <laughs> I'll leave some of these out. But um, <laughs> then I meet a boy. And In Joshua Tree? No, I met oh. him here. And okay. we start chatting and he's not from here, but um, he was going to be in LA. And um, he, he started texting me my own song lyrics. Oh. I just thought he was being romantic and cute. Yeah. Um, but he was texting me the first line of the chorus of Joshua Tree, which is, will you meet me where a million stars catch fire to the sky? Oh. So anyway, long story short, I almost go on this other sporadic, very sporadic mid midnight trip um, with a different boy. <laughs> and I, the guy texts me and he's like, oh, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to think I'm going to head out of town tomorrow and blah, 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 blah. And he was like, I thought we were going to Joshua Tree. And I was like, huh, what? <clears throat> Excuse me? Oh. What is that? And he's like, I've been inviting you all week. Like, I thought you were, will you come? So I went to Joshua Tree. Damn. Guy. So then I had this amazing experience in Joshua Tree with this yeah. boy. So then I'm like, no, this song's totally about this. Yeah. You know, and the whole thing. So it's shifted around a million times. Mm-hmm. And then we went back in June to shoot the music video. Yeah. And then it gets really Which crazy. that was beautiful too. Oh my, you look like a goddess oh, in that music you. video. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. The lyrics videos out and we actually haven't released them. Yeah. Full right, right, right. Yet. So, but it's going to be shot. It's like some of the stuff oh, from yes. that lyric video. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And actually the storyline is, it's sort of like a modern day Graham Parsons story. Oh. So it's kind of like we use oh, the inspiration of God. His. So it's going to like tear our heart oh, out. God, yes. It's <sighs> really well. And then it was like my story as well right right? because I was you know so when I got the treatment they were like we want to kind of do like a modern day version and like the overdose because Graham overdosed yeah Um, I was like oof this is really hitting that's close to to, yeah then I was like well that's why it goes with everything so Mm -hmm. we shot the video in the room that Graham Parsons died in whoa so I'm on camera I'm seeing the first take of the chorus first performance take of the day I'm sitting on the bed in the hotel room and there's a white dream catcher behind me and the dream catcher falls off the wall when I start singing. Stop. Yeah. And everyone's like, well, Graham's here. Oh, yeah, so my video, God. In the video, it's really sad. And, and I knew that there was like a pretty significant amount of acting. Yeah. And I am no actress. Um, so I really was like, I got to get myself ready. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh, honey. So I really did a number on myself. So I wrote a letter Yeah. Um, about a boy. And I was like, I just need five minutes before I have to cry on camera. And I went in the bathroom and I read it and I really was hard on myself in the letter, you know, and I just started sobbing. So then it was really funny though. So then there's this one scene where I'm like lighting a candle and I'm supposed to be just like sobbing. Yeah. And um, my hair and makeup girl and like the label people were in a little separate adjoining room watching on the monitor, but apparently they weren't paying attention to my big moment (laughs) because I went and I was like just sobbing about this boy and all the things. And I come back in the room and they look at me and they go, because <gasps> it was just black. Oh. All the way down my face, just the mascara. I just looked like a, 
oh my God, like a zombie yeah. or something. I was like, that's not what you're supposed to, you're supposed to cry pretty, Ruth. And right. I'm like, oh, I don't know how to do that. Sorry. You didn't tell me I had to look good while I acted. Right. You just told me I had to act. Yes. That's too much. So, but it was cute because I was like, okay, um, well, just like redo me because then we're now we're getting in the car and I got to cry more. And my makeup girl was like, no, you have to cry more. And I was oh. like, yes. And then there's like a 45 minute drive out from the hotel to where we were shooting in the park, which is actually close to where they burned his body, which is a whole other oh my story. God. You have to look up the story of Graham Parsons. His The very short version is his best friend and his manager stole his body from LAX. <gasps> Shut yes, up. it's crazy. And they, because his, his wish was to be burned in Joshua, Joshua Tree. Tree. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. they kind of got away with it, but they almost didn't. And they shipped what was remaining like home. But Whoa. Wild story, you have to hear it. It's just so Oh my crazy. God, yeah. So. Then there's like a 45 minute drive out to Cap Rock, near Cap Rock. And um, they have to sob the whole way in the car, right? So I'm just like, life is the worst and no one's ever gonna love me and everybody leaves. I'm not enough, I'm not enough. You know, just like really putting myself through it. Cause I was like, I gotta cry. I gotta cry. And I don't know how to do this. Now I feel like you need to be an actress. Cause Um, they're like, there's no. And I will tell you why. Never again. So. I do all the things. First of all, they cut to like one tear in the music video. And I'm no! like, oh, that for this? Are you kidding me? Like, I cried all day long. So I'm not even going to tell you. Obviously, I've never been to acting school. And hopefully they tell you, they teach you better. Because I went to my therapist and I was like, I don't know what's wrong with me. But I did this video and now I'm really sad and I can't. Like, everything is so awful. It's just like. Oh. Really opened yourself up so much. Because yep. I was like, I'm going to be good. Because, you know, you like I wanted to. Oh yeah, be great, you know. Mm -hmm. And she's like, "So you opened up so much, and I'm glad that because the director was really helping me. Kel and Allie directed the video; they're amazing, and they were really helping me like get in there. And they were like putting on the war on drugs and like good tunes to get us all really sad. And um, she's like, "I'm so glad that they got you there. Like, was there anyone on set to help you button up?" And I was like, "Is that a thing?" And I hope that there are therapists on every set because. Holy moly, girl. Help you I button was, up. Help you button up. I was like, no, I didn't know that that was a thing that you have to do. Yeah. So I just left myself bleeding. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it took me like a full month oh to recover. Like I was not my happy, joyful self. I had to do so much work. That's why I'm like, nope. Uh-huh. Save the acting for people who don't have to go to their deepest, darkest moments. Mm-hmm. You know, because I was just like, okay, I'm going to go back to that night. I'm going to go back to my So experience. you were reliving that oh over and over. Oh, oh my. Oh, oh yeah. No. And, and then the other thing is like, I finally had to say to the director, I was like, listen, I'm going to walk away between takes now because I'm, I was so ingrained in this, like half of our job is being the best hang, right? Yeah. You know this. Right, yeah. So between takes, like, so I would literally be like, Joshua, like just crying. <laughs> and then like, they'd be like, cut. And I'd be like, so camera guy, tell me about your kiddo. Like, oh, how old is he? What's he have a hockey game the other day? That's so cool. You With mascara all down yes. your face. So I'm trying to be like such a good fun hang. Yeah. And, then, and then they'd be like, action. And I'd be like, oh God, oh. I'm happy Ruth. Now I have to be sad Ruth. And like, I just- Playing with your emotions oh, that much is like- exhausting. Ooh. So yeah, finally I was like, hey, I don't want you guys to think that I'm not having a great time and that I adore you. And I really want to yeah. hang out with you guys and I'm having the best time, but like- um, it's too hard. So I'm going to go over here and keep crying between takes so right. that I don't have to go back and forth. I don't know how actors do it. I literally don't. I have the greatest, utmost respect and yeah. probably they're just not crazy like I am and they don't have to go to well, their- Well, a lot of them are, which is- But, but also why? like, maybe that's why. That's probably why. Because, like, and, and do you- Think about like Joaquin you, Phoenix. Oh, I know. 
like and now he's doing joke the joker like which jim is like carrey, yes or right? jim carrey right like, it's so interesting mm-hmm. so, and do you become the characters that you play probably because i know some people <laughs> that are acting just like their characters in a tv show right now oh um but yeah so i will i you know it would take a lot of money <laughs> Yeah. A lot of money or a perfect role for me to actually try to do that. Plus, I'd be shit. Let's well, I think that we are happy to just have you in the Americana oh, world. So well, I'm happy to just keep writing songs. That's a relief. Yeah, yes. These little mini music videos. But so, yeah, that that was the Joshua Tree music video. And then also so crazy. And this is super spooky. Woo. And I'm not even going to go there. But um, I went to a Reiki healer who told me some very interesting things about Graham and me being in that room and all the things. And it's like, oh, I don't know. He might haunt the song. It's cool. No big deal. <gasps> oh, yeah. but there was definitely something that happened there with the dream catcher. And well, um, yeah, the timing of that too is just, time, there's probably been two or three times that something really weird has happened when I sing that song. Mm-hmm. For instance, I was at, I was doing an outdoor show up in Lake Placid and I literally made the comment, Oh, if the lights start flickering or something, it just means that Graham's here. Cause I just gotten done from shooting the video. It was bright and sunshiny. I start singing Joshua Tree and all of a sudden it's a torrential downpour and the show is over. What? Yeah. Or like in rehearsal, I'm singing Joshua Tree and my dog like freaks out and starts like looking back at the couch and just having like a weird anxiety thing and comes and sits down next to me and is shaking. And then I, I show the band and they're like, yeah, whatever, it's not that. It's just like, she probably, the speakers are too loud. And then as soon as we move on to a new song, she's fine and she goes and lays down. It's just like, let oh, it's me so just weird. put this out there. Go listen to the song after <laughs> this podcast and see if any, like report yeah. to us if anything <laughs> any happens. Ghost yes, stuff happens. that is so wild, weird. girl. I know. Well, I have been enjoying talking to I you know, I'm so sorry, much. I'm like chatty Kathy over no. here. Oh, that's what I want. I want to tell your story. Yeah. I want I want people to know about you. And, and your story is, like I said, an important one to tell because a lot of people need to hear it. I, need, I needed it. You yeah. know, I needed to hear it. So if it can help, it's just beautiful. So many people are, you know, I have, I have so many friends who are now embracing this like positive thinking lifestyle. I don't know what you want to call it, but yeah. like, it's just, it's the most beautiful thing to start seeing people, people who are inspiring me yeah. and vice versa, just like, find their happiness and who they are and yeah. not in what they do. And what's the point in not trying? Heck yeah. Right? You know, might as well give it a shot. Hell yeah. I am here to say it works. Journaling affirmations, self-love, all of it. It's beautiful. It makes you a better person. It makes you love better. You yeah. Know? And that's really all it's about. Well, mom, I'm really glad you listened to this one too. <laughs> Hi, mom. Be, I'm obsessed with you. She'll be very excited <laughs> that all of this is just right down her alley and, and she'll want me to hear it too. So... Thank you for everything. Thank you so much for having me. I adore Ruthie Collins, you. I adore you too. And I, I mean, we actually have to go to the same event right now. So we'll be hanging out again Perfect. tonight. Good luck in the rest of your Americana Thank you Fest. so much, love. Even though it's already over once this right. airs. But it's still, go follow her on all the things. We've got links down below in the show notes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And yeah. good luck with everything. Let's keep in touch, girl. Maybe we will. Again, I know there are a lot of people who probably needed to hear that message. And I'm so glad she was able to share it. I gotta say this, her positivity was so infectious. After hanging with her, I had the best day. I'm not even kidding. I was just so genuinely happy from her energy. It makes me hope and, well, strive to be like that for other people. 
All right, time for some thank yous. First off, obviously, Ruthie Collins. I also really want to thank John Clore from Curb, who brought us together at Whiskey Jam. You are the coolest. And to the Breaking Through team, Joey Salvia, Brian Webb, and Jim Casey. Y'all are the best. But most of all, thank you for listening. If you get a chance, please head over to Apple Podcasts and rate this show five stars. Maybe even leave a comment because this is how we get more visibility and people looking for a new show can actually find it. If there is anyone you really want to hear featured on this podcast, make sure to let me know. I'm at Elena D. Smith everywhere. That's E-L-A-I-N-A. D as in dog, S as in Smith. But you'll mainly find me on Instagram, just a heads up. Hope you have a great rest of your day. I am out of here for now. Bye. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.